to be 100% honest with you, I'm not paying myself properly. So, um, and as, as soon as I pay myself properly, then the business will go bankrupt pretty quick. Costs and pricing are important at any level of hospitality, certainly often spoken about in fine dining, talked about in cafes, but I think those independent restaurants that are the lifeblood of our cities and towns are always grappling with the question of how much to charge their customers, how to cope with those bills that keep rising. Today, we are chatting to Michael Samsier. He owns a noodle shop in Melbourne's Clayton in the southeast that I absolutely love. Handmade noodles and dumplings, really fantastic coffee offering. Michael, welcome to Dirty Linen. Thanks, Danny. Um, pleasure to be um, invited to uh, have a chat with you today. So, Michael, for people who don't know about PBK Noodles and what you're up to there, tell us a bit about the restaurant. Um, so basically, we started in uh, early 2014. Um, we started with the name Pondok Bamboo Kuning, and uh, we do our own uh, noodles. So we imported the machine back from uh, Indonesia. Um, so we started uh, doing the noodles and some of the fried dumplings, fried wonton. Um, up until when, uh, close to when the COVID hit, we, um, we, 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 we started to offer, to offer some, some fresh noodles to, um, to some restaurants and also to the grocery shops. Yes. Just to be able to survive pretty much. And we also starting to offer some, uh, coffees. We imported coffees from Sumatra, Indonesia. Um, and yeah, the coffee's great. <laughs> I can vouch for the coffee. It is great. So I suppose, you know, what I want people to understand is that it's a really, uh, it's a really heartfelt business. Like you make noodles by hand every day. You, you make your own dumplings, make the wonton skins, uh, you roast your coffee. So import it, roast it there and then grind it and make, you know, really special, interesting coffees for, for people who come by as well as supplying, as you say, fresh noodles to other, um, other businesses. Uh, uh, what are you finding in terms of uh, being able to price your food uh, where you need it to be? Um, it's a it's a tricky situation, I guess. Um, at one hand, we need to be able to um, to actually survive with 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 what we price our food on, and but on the other hand, we also need to look at the surroundings because. Um, the, the tricky bit with us is that we sell noodles and um, when we say noodles to our customers, they think like it's the cheap stuff, like uh, Chinese noodles or, you know, that, that sort of um, kind of thing. So um, we had to be careful when we were doing the pricing. At the beginning, when we just started, I didn't have a lot of experience, so... I thought volumes can actually cover cover for everything, but then it turns out not quite. So um, yeah, so that's when we started to pivot that we um, focusing our pricing to actually cover our costs while um, looking around our competitors and then start to position ourselves away from from the image of cheap and um, affordable. <laughs> 
That's so interesting. And, you know, you've really plunged straight into something that I wanted to talk about, which is, you know, this perception that certain types of food should be cheap. Um, And it's something we've talked about on this podcast before. It's like, why are Asian noodles cheap when perhaps pasta, for example, you can charge more for? Why is a dumpling supposed to be cheap when tortellini can be quite expensive? Um, Just to, you know, pick on Italian food. I mean, Clayton is a really diverse food strip. Like I, I love um, the road where you are. There is so much to in. There's so many different cuisines there, and a lot of the different Asian restaurants. I mean, w- how do you start to differentiate yourself? And I mean, and is that tricky as well? Like, is that a sort of, um, I don't know, is that a hard thing to do philosophically as well as economically? Well, it's very hard to change people's perception. That's the first thing. And um, um, I think that, 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 that's the whole reason why we change our name. So before before the name is Pondok Bamboo Kuning, so it's very Indonesianish. And even in the tagline, we say Indonesian noodles or whatever. Um, but now we change the, the branding into, uh, we shorten the name. We still kept the... The, the the abbreviation of the of the old name so that's why that's where the pbk starts starts to come so the pbk there and then in terms in terms of the um the shifting we uh, we avoid to use any association to any country so hence why i change it to a to an artisan made noodle instead of um so a more generic generic positioning instead of a more um, specific country specific so I avoided that that's so interesting and you know how has that been for you how has it been communicating that change uh, altering the perception of people who who walk through the door or, or think about walking through the door what's it been like um, it's still the work in it's still work in progress so um, the the beginning that we do was that uh, change the branding and the tagline positioning but then the second step that we did was that we try to modify the menu in the past when we're still using our own our, our old names including the old taglines people came here and asked us whether we have gado gado or whether we have whether we have beef rendang or things like that but um, now, ever since we changed the tagline, changed the name, no one ever asked that question anymore. So when, whenever they step into the door, they expect noodles. Yeah, that's so interesting. And, I mean, have you been able to raise your prices? Um, the prices, if you, we, we, try, we, we, we actually raise our prices. Of course, the price is not like uh, comparable to where Italian pasta or Japanese ramen, but I think um, we 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 are pretty close to pricing it closer to Japanese ramen, but not certainly not 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 to the level of Italian pasta yet. Um, yeah, I I I don't think people is ready for that. <laughs> I mean, what is it? I mean, is it just simple racism? Like, is it what is it that makes it so hard to have these, you know, in- dishes that have similar ingredients and perhaps are you know has similar energy and time needs to be put into them to make uh why can't they be priced the same well uh, i i'm i'm trying to avoid the word racism <laughs> but 
But certainly, I think there is some uh, preconception or maybe misconception that uh, that Western food is uh, is is more pricey than Asian food, even though they are the same, like in terms of ingredients. But I don't know why the perception, the people's perception, especially especially the the Asian customers, they have the perception that Western food is more uh, prominent. Him more pricey. I mean, the audience in Clayton, there's a lot of Asian customers, you know, people that live there, students that um, live there for a period of time. I mean, is it a particularly hard sell to those people that perhaps if your noodles cost a couple of dollars more than, um, let's say, you know, the, the Chinese or Vietnamese restaurant down the street, does that, does that, is that a particularly hard sell? Um, well, it was at the beginning, but then I tried to uh, I tried to play around with the caution as well. So um, so yes, the price is is, uh, is is a little bit more expensive, but then I tried to compensate it with giving them more. So whenever they eat, they feel that they're full. They walk out the door. They don't need to go to McDonald's or whatever. So yeah. <laughs> So that that has been that has been good. And what about coffee? I mean, we know that coffee prices are something that cafe owners really agonize over. How have you found pricing your coffee? You know, it's a specialty coffee that you're doing there. I've had coffees with you that I haven't haven't enjoyed anywhere else. So, you know, tell us about that side of it. Um in terms of coffee, we um on on one hand, for the uh, for the regular coffee, we use Market Lane coffee, and yes, the price has increased quite a bit. Um, so hence why we also increase our price. So, um, uh, but I don't see the customers complaining because um, even in my surroundings, uh, I can see cafes in my surrounding actually increases their 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 price of uh, coffee as well. So uh, we are lucky in that regard. So there's no role uh, businesses that's uh, holding on the old price. So um, yeah, at least in that way, we are safe. And in terms of our specialty coffee, the coffee that we imported, um, I think it's because of the quality that we offered. I haven't seen any single customers that complain about our pricing. And I mean, do you think you're charging enough? Like, should you test the market and charge a bit more? Um, at, at the moment, at the moment, we are we are actually undercharging for that for that coffee of us. But then, um, I think I think the customer still needs to learn more. I think I need I need to get more customer base for this until until it's um, we've got enough traction. Then I can start increasing a little bit, you know, bit by bit. But the yeah, even even the, the the coffee bag, like the 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 two hundred and fifty gram coffee, is still is still is still too cheap for uh, for that quality of coffee. But then we are we 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 still make money at the moment. But um, yeah, we could have charged more. One of the issues in hospitality in owner-operated businesses, and it's absolutely rife, is that owners don't pay themselves properly. Now I know that you're in your business all the time i mean what do you do you think that you're paying yourself properly <laughs> to be to be 100 percent honest with you i'm not paying myself properly 
So um, and as as soon as I pay myself properly, then the business will go bankrupt pretty quick. Yeah, it's so hard. Yeah, and unfortunately, that is the uh, that is the real facts that we are facing. And um, I keep hammering my customers with um, with, uh, with with the cost structures that we have in in, in hospitality. They keep thinking that we're we're, we're like we're, we're making a lot of money. We don't. We don't. I know, <laughs> but I just think, how is it sustainable? I mean, what is it that you get from your business that's not money that keeps you doing it, Michael? Well, at, at the moment, it's the passion about it. So um, I'm, I'm passionate about cooking. Like, um, like one, one, of the, um, one of the kudos that I've, that I've applied to when, when, when doing this business is that um, I'm not going to serve. I'm not going to serve my customers the stuff that I will not let my family eat or even myself eat. So, um, yeah. And then, and, and then I'm passionate about, about the food, about, about, about things that, um, that I produce like coffees and all that. So I guess it's more about the non-financial thing at the moment, but of course you can't live with that. And, uh, hence why, hence why I started to change my approach. Um, and hopefully we can get a little more, a little bit more traction. I mean, do you feel like you're in a bit of a scramble at the moment because you've got this plan? You can sort of see the horizon where you can slowly raise prices, but at the same time, coming up behind you is these ever increasing costs. I mean, does it does it just seem really tricky at times? Um, well, it definitely is, and hence why if you come here, you will you will see me here every day. <laughs> that's, that 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 is an effort to um, for for me to reduce the cost to the business. And um, to be honest with you, with the labor shortage, and even even if there is no labor shortage, the labor cost is actually the big chunk of. Uh, the the big chunk of uh, of costs that's actually eaten eaten the revenue, not 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 only in the in the high end establishment, even in establishment like this, is actually the same. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I just feel. Uh, what do I feel? I feel really emotional because. I just absolutely love businesses like yours. And, you know, we know that every hospitality business, the great ones, they're, they're driven by passion. You, you, you need money to live, but it's passion that um, keeps people there. There's other ways to make money. Um, but at the same time, you know, I listen to you and, and other other operators where it's it's so hard. You're not really, you're not not paying yourself properly, um, it just makes me so concerned about how sustainable businesses like yours are. You know, we we need the passion, we need the um, the unique offering that people like yourself bring to a city. But uh, if um, it doesn't stack up on a balance sheet in the end, uh, how long can it go on? Yeah, I guess I guess at the end of the day, it needs to come back to the perception, the customer perception about values that we uh, restaurants are offering. The more, well, uh, the the thing is, uh, the, that that is the 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 degree of education about that topics is actually very low, and I kept I kept saying to my customers that um 
Um, I, I even explained to them about the, about the cost structure where you've got a hundred percent of revenue, you got ten percent GST, so you're left with ninety percent. And with your labor cost, it'll be between thirty forty percent. Then that will leave you about forty fifty percent of uh, of remaining of your revenue, and then. And then after that, you've got your rental, which is about 10, 20%. Then it will be about 30%. And what's your cost of goods? Cost of goods is, all, is only like uh, like 20, 20%. Even if it is 25, 20%, it's very hard for you to survive. There's nothing left, barely 10%. Yeah. And uh, what do you do when unexpected costs come in? Um, it's or, or when the price of you know flour goes up fifteen percent. It's um, yeah. There's not much fat in the equation. Correct, correct. And, and interestingly, you said flour used to cost me about twenty nine dollars. Now it's already thirty nine dollars. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's it then. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's really tricky, Michael. Um. So I just guess I want to say, like, thanks for doing it, uh, but um, banks isn't going to pay your rent. Correct, correct. Banks not going to pay my rent. And even my landlord has already started to talk about increasing the rents because they've been missing out in the past because of COVID. Wow. I mean, those must be really tricky conversations for you to have. I mean, you mentioned at the start of this um, chat, you know, this word artisan that you're putting in. And I guess, you know, that's a pretty powerful word that uh, that sort of holds a lot in it, doesn't it? You're trying to tell a story of something that's carefully made, handmade, um, has tradition. I mean, what are some of the other ways that you are trying to change perception among your customers or potential customers? Um, well, the other thing I said before, the other thing I mentioned before is the menus. So I change, I change the menu so that it's, um, is heavily focused more on the noodles and the stuff that I homemade. So yes, I still got the nasi goreng, the fried rice, and then got the, the, the fried rice noodle and stuff, but I don't display it in the picture on the menu. So in the picture on the menu is mainly the noodles. And then the other thing was that I focus on the varieties of the noodles that I made, not the topping of the noodles that I created, because the noodle itself is the hero product. It's not. It's not the cooking. It's not the. It's not the meat. It's not the toppings that that, that that's the hero product. But it's the noodle itself. Hence why we created the angel hair noodle. We created the little ribbon ones. We created the regular ones, and also the shoestring ones and. In February here, I'm trying to um, to introduce the red velvet noodles, which is using the beetroot juice and the pulp. And um, yeah, who knows what I might come up next month. <laughs> wow, that's so clever. I love that. I mean, and those different noodles have different texture. I mean, they definitely are. I mean, it's it's not just a gimmick. Like there is a definite difference when you're eating those different um, textures of noodles. I mean, so so Michael, let's let's talk numbers. Like, what are you charging for a, a bowl of noodles, and what do you think you would have to charge for um, for it to really stack up as a business? At the moment, um, I already increased the price of the noodles. So now all the noodles that I offered are $18. So $18 will give you a bowl of uh, handmade noodles uh, with 
complete with the toppings and also the the side the side dishes so the the dumplings the beef ball the fish balls and uh, a bowl a small bowl of soup a chicken soup um so that will set you back 18 dollars um at the moment but i think i think for us to properly cost it to survive i think i think i need to sell it a little bit more but I don't think the market's ready for that. Even $18 is already too expensive for that. So what, like $21, $19.50? Like what, what if you could just... Maybe may, maybe somewhere around $20 a month. Yeah. I mean, to me, I think the value, what you, what you speak about, the noodles, handmade, all those sides, the, the beautiful broth that you spend a lot of time on, I reckon, yeah, I, I mean, I would pay that, but... I love paying for food, so I don't know if I'm in the a normal uh, sample sample market. Um, Michael, I think you know you've really articulately laid it out for us. You know the struggle and the solutions that you're trying. I, I really, um, yeah, I'd really wish you all the best with um, puzzling it out from day to day and month to month. And I hope that the community supports you in what you're doing. Thank you for being so open with us today. It's not easy, but I really appreciate it. It's not a problem, Danny. It's uh, I think I think it's uh, it's hard conversation, but it's an important topic for. Um, for all our customers to understand, I guess, and um, yeah, it's it's not it's not pretty, it's not it's not in it's not that interesting, but um, yeah, it's important. Yeah, thank you. This is Dirty Linen, and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.